The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out save the dates? Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find the Welcome to the voice. Voices of Search podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're talking to an innovator and the founder of one of the most important SEO companies in the world. Joining us today is Marcus Tober, who is the founder and chief evangelist of Search Metrics since founding the company 15 years ago. Marcus has guided Search Metrics's technology strategy. He's also the driving force behind their data science organization. And today, Marcus and I are going to talk about the core web vital study that he and the team at Search metrics have been conducting. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. All right, on with the show. Here's my conversation with Marcus Tober, the founder and chief evangelist at Searchmetrics. Marcus, welcome to the Voices of Search podcast. Hey, Ben. Good to talk to you again. Excited to have you on the show. I realized that we did a podcast a few years ago for another uh, show that I started for Searchmetrics that was the Trend Spotting podcast. Not our first time talking together, but it's your first time on the Voices of Search, which is hard to believe because we've had such a deep, intimate relationship with search metrics here. So let me just start off by saying uh, honor and privilege to have you on this show, even though we've done a couple podcasts together already. Yeah, I feel honored too. I mean, seriously, feels like yesterday, but it's now a couple of years ago that we kind of like did the other podcast. Pretty interesting. Time flies. Yeah, it's hard to believe, you know, you started Search Metrics 15 years ago and was it two or three years ago, you moved in a different role. You were focusing on innovations and sort of moving into an advisory role. And now you're back in more of an operating capacity as the chief evangelist at Search Metrics. Talk to me a little bit about what you're working on these days. Yeah, I mean... The need to educate the market about the role of SEO and 
what the impact is in companies has changed. I mean, SDO used to be very tactical and you could have like a good blueprint and you could get done, let's say, 80% of good SEO with just following a blueprint. But in the last couple of years, you know, Google becoming better using machine learning, implementing a lot of natural language processing techniques in, in their algorithm. SEO became so much more complex. And I've seen that the demand for more data and education and enablement of people to do good SEO and companies has grown. So I thought it, it makes a lot of sense to become a voice. I was a voice already in our industry, but to be more an active voice now in using data and then educating people how to better website, like with a better experience. And in the end, with better results, because SEO is, is all about having a good, usable, fast website that makes people happy in the end and the result will be good rankings and people often thought the other way around like you need to have good rankings then somehow then you have to improve your page but it's the other way around and that's my my role now yeah, yeah i normally describe marketing as a blend of art and science between storytelling and data science and you know seo follows in that and the only caveat there is that you know it's not necessarily storytelling in the sense of just writing the words it's the technical experience that you have it's how you're able to navigate a user to consume your content to buy your products or services what your web properties how they actually function and google spent a lot of time trying to update some of the metrics that they use to evaluate those signals to figure out what your ranking should be specifically i'm talking about core web vitals you and the team have been working on a core web vital study. Give me the overview of the study that you've been working on. Yes. And this actually, as your first question was, what's my role now? This is part of what I'm trying to really achieve is this study is utilizing metrics that Google is promoting since a longer time now. So they're implementing the core web vitals, which are uh, UX and speed metrics, like uh, the largest contentful pane, like how fast a certain large element on your page rendered that the user is able to see it and use it. Then uh, first input delay, so how fast is your website actually reacting? And metrics like this describe in a pretty good way how the user would actually perceive a website because if the website itself is reacting pretty slow, the user experience is actually pretty bad. And Google has a lot of data, but Google created these metrics. And this is just, I mean, you have the web vitals, which is, is a larger set. And then you have the core web vitals, which are just three metrics like FCP, first quantified paint, first input delay asset. And then the third one, which is actually one that many people know and which is something that makes people actually really sometimes hating pages, which is the cumulative layout shift, like pages like jumping after loading, like there's a, a display banner loaded dynamically and you wanted to click on a link or content and then it's out of the sudden banner shows up and the website jumps and, and stuff like this. And, and this study is, is all about measuring the current state of quo of a couple million URLs for these metrics, but not only the core web vitals. This is just part of the study. The whole study is all about what's the current state of quo when it comes to like good rankings in different segments, like different markets. And when Google announced in November last year, there will be a page experience update that utilizes the Core Web Vitals in a larger extent. So Google explained that the Core Web Vitals will become part of the ranking algorithm in May this year. That's why it's called page experience update. I really thought we need to make a study now to understand what's the current status quo, how are certain UX and speed metrics already baked into the algorithm? How do they correlate against a good ranking? And I'm going to repeat the same study when Google 
announced that they successfully released the update to get a better understanding what has changed. So this is actually really the goal here because the one-time study is one thing. You can figure out a couple of things. And over the day, I analyzed the first data, which is actually it is super interesting. Hearing you talk about how you're conducting your study, it actually reminds me of a, a project that Search Metrics has been doing for a while, which was industry-specific ranking factors, right? Understanding not only what the benchmarks are universally, ranking factors are something that are very hard to determine, but also breaking it down on an industry-by-industry industry level. So talk to me about, did you have a hypothesis for this study? I'm sure you're taking a scientific approach, but what were you trying to achieve and then and we'll talk about the results as well. Yeah, that's a very good question, Ben. Thanks for asking, because the hypothesis here is uh, to get a better understanding about how are websites hindering right now a good user experience? Like, are there certain elements appearing often, like two large images that would definitely cause a long loading time or JavaScript that's actually kind of like rendering for a long time that actually blocks the user from any interaction. So the hypothesis is that a lot of pages, they carry a lot of bloat that create a bad user experience. And the hypothesis is to figure this out now and then continue looking at the progression to get a better understanding of not just where what's the focus of Google, where do they put the highest focus on? Like, I don't know, giving pages a bonus that actually pretty good in this area or giving pages a penalty that are actually pretty bad in this area. And this is the idea. And as you know, as a user, I mean, you're not just making great marketing and, and this podcast. No, you're also a user. I mean, you, you shop and you consume content, etc. And how often you had a feeling, oh my God, this page is incredibly bad constructed, super slow, has bad usability, etc. And I, I guess you have this experience every day, maybe frequently. Most of the time when I look at my own web properties. Podcast hosts make the worst SEOs. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, I mean, you have to use a consuming <clears throat> your content on other platforms. But the thing is, I do believe with a lot of new technology stacks and a lot of blow that's produced, I think websites nowadays are actually, they do maybe look modern and they have a like a nice kind of like touch when you use them, but they are pretty bad on the architectural side. And this is actually part of my initial first findings now. So let's talk about, you know, you're taking an industry segmented approach to creating a benchmark for core web vitals. Also looking at, you know, generally, how does Google prioritize core web vitals? Why don't we talk sort of universally in general? Do you have a sense of which of the three metrics that Google is using for core web vitals? You know, is there one specifically that Google is prioritizing over the others? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I would not say that Google only takes a look at these three metrics. These metrics are only a good explanation of what's actually happening on the page. There are more important metrics from my perspective, like time to interactive. So how much time does need to pass until you're able to actually interact with the site or total blocking time. So how long a page is actually blocked from the server request until something happens and, and so on. So there's, there's a lot of stuff. I believe that goes into the whole calculation, but Google only takes the core web vitals as an explanation of what this page experience update is about. That's why in this study, we're looking at all metrics that Google is using in their PageSpeed Insights tool. So that includes to take a look at 
Is your CSS optimized? Do you use uh, web optimized images? I mean, security, for example, do you have like, are you using JavaScript libraries that potentially are vulnerable? So we use a lot of things. And I mean, it's just a curiosity to understand now what's maybe already correlating in a, in a pretty good way with good rankings. But in the end, it's it's really also to understand what's the current status quo, because my experiences on many websites are actually pretty bad. They're super slow. Sometimes, I mean, you can even see that your CPU is kind of increasing heavily on certain pages because they, I don't know have, if they have some infinite JavaScript functions or whatsoever. So the idea really is to get a better sense. And of course, when Google really needs to take the weight on uh, metrics, I really think that it will be six metrics like FCP, LCP, like first content full paint, largest content full paint, then the two kind of like request, speed request metrics like FID, first input delay, and TTI, time to interactive, total blocking time, and then we have time to interactive and the last one, cumulative layout shift CLS. Because this is, yeah. from my perspective, the most annoying thing when the page seems to be finished loading, but then something kind of happens and the pages things jump around on a page. I think these are the most important metrics. Time for a one minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. So where are you in terms of running the study? It sounds like you have a pretty good understanding of what you're evaluating. You've crawled a couple million pages. You've collected your data. Have you done analysis? Have you figured out some conclusions? Where are you in actually conducting your study? So the problem with the study itself, as you always know, there are always bottlenecks on every study. And on this one, it's the crawling piece. We're trying to get, have a good accuracy. So we're using Google's PageSpeed Insights API, but it's limited in terms of maximum requests per day. I mean, you know me in search metrics, we always figure things out. But the thing is, you need to have a good amount of time blocked just for the crawling. And today we got the first numbers in and I plotted the first charts and it's pretty interesting to see that we have, I mean, like a pretty good correlation understanding that mostly pages with a pretty good ranking, they're pretty optimized already. They're fast, so they super low first input delay. Their first content full paint is loaded actually pretty fast. And it looks already that there are correlations, but 
this made me kind of think why, because there's another pattern I've seen that especially in the middle part of the first Google result page, like bet between position four and eight, there are spikes. That means pages have a way, way higher result, like a higher first content will paint or higher cumulative layout shift, etc. And I was really curious what it might be. And now here comes the point. It's super interesting. So walk me through what the point is. Yes. The point is the page that really kind of like created these spikes is a Google entity and that's YouTube. So YouTube by far is the slowest loading page, by far has a very high cumulative layout shift and by far is the page with the worst core web vital metrics based on the initial results of the study. And the study, by the way, is not segmented yet. It's a general study with a very broad general keyword set. But the result at the moment is that YouTube is an outlier in for many different metrics. So it's interesting to see that obviously for YouTube, things like the core web vitals do not apply at the moment. And I'm even more curious what might happen to YouTube after Google announced the page experience update. It's interesting. And, you know, we've talked a lot and speculated about YouTube being the most visible website and going back and forth between yeah. YouTube right. and Wikipedia. And often I have inferred that, well, of course, YouTube is going to get the most notoriety, the most prominence. It's a Google owned property. There's an incentive there that needs to be addressed. It'd be interesting to see if Google is prioritizing YouTube or ignoring essentially their own rules for how they're establishing ranking factors because that property is owned by themselves. A little inside baseball or SEO gossip here about how Google is treating YouTube from an SEO perspective. Yeah, I think it's too early to say it's really the case that Google is favoring its own entities over the others because it's Google's own entity and because, I don't know, but it's, I mean, when I saw the numbers, I can't, I mean, I can show it to you right now, but we are actually recording a podcast here. But I mean, if, if, if you can see it, it's like, what the heck? It looks like a camel. So you have a like a low hat in the beginning for the first positions means you have like good values, like good core web vital metrics. And then you have like this spike. Yeah, there's a, a hump like a camel's back. The camel's back and then it goes down again. It looks like this. And that's why I said, it. I want to know why. And it's not just YouTube. There are some other pages. Let me look at my, statistics here it's by far youtube with a factor of five to the next page that's producing this and then there's imdb facebook.com interesting amazon.com instagram.com is actually pretty producing some of these spikes merriam webster it's a dictionary and rotten tomatoes like i said it's the first findings i'm not able to say it's really because of these pages but they produce a big amount of these spikes and i wasn't able yet to take a look at specific examples like taking the ul looking really at the specifics but that's going to happen for this study so just so i understand when you say you're seeing these spikes for youtube and you're describing a graph that shows essentially like a camel's back what does the spike mean in the graph that you have a spike means it's like an outlier. So we are aggregating the web vitals for each URL 
And as we also have for each key uh, for each URL, the keyword and then the position, that means you take a keyword like student loans, you know that uh, Nerd Wallet ranks on position three. So you know for this certain URL, you have for this keyword position three. So the keyword is important as we later on segment the whole study for different industries. That, that's why the keyword is important. But then for all these uh, millions of URLs, we build the, the mean value for each individual ranking. So it means we know the mean values for position one, two, and then up to 20. And a spike means it's an outlier that's it's way over the mean value. So essentially what you're saying is when there is a spike, the company or the domain that has a spike has worse core web vitals than you would expect for the competitive set. Exactly. That's what I mean. Exactly. Way worse. So worse that the whole mean value gets increased by a pretty high uh, margin. Yeah. It's fascinating. And obviously there's some repercussions of Google potentially favoring their own properties, despite them not being the fastest performing sites. What's the next step for you in the study? It sounds like you've got some segmentation to do. And what's your timeline for being able to you know, speak about this in more detail? Yeah. So the idea is now that we continue with the findings of the study, that we find some best practice and worst practice examples of how pages actually kind of like have like really good values. And we hope we can explain why and that we understand what kind of technology they are using. But let's talk about the segments before I continue. So we've built eight segments. That means a segment is built by overlapping keywords by industry-specific domains. So for example, one segment is health, and I took WebMD, Mayo Clinic, and Healthline as the foundation, and I overlapped the keywords between the three of them to get a brand-free set of keywords that is only related to health. So this is what I did for eight segments, like health, finance, travel, e-commerce, fashion, e-commerce, electronics, news, B2B, and dictionaries to get a better understanding of how each of these segments are working. Now we come to a couple interesting things. And as you can imagine, when people see the study and they can benchmark themselves against like the best practice in their industries, like, okay, I have a first input delay of this milliseconds. What's the benchmark of a good page in my industry? And this is going to happen. But then people say, okay, now I know I have a problem. How do I fix it? And that's going to happen. And what we are trying to also provide is answers. Like we are trying to understand, for example, the technology of the underlying website. Is like, is the website running on WordPress or Drupal or some other CMS? Is there a shop running on Shopify or Magento or some other shop software? Or is there maybe some JavaScript libraries like jQuery or some other ones who potentially hurt the site's performance? So an idea is because people will ask okay, how can I fix it? We are trying to have like prepared answers like, okay, if you're using jQuery, you might have a slow website. Or if you're using, I don't know, 100 JavaScript trackers, like from eye tracking and behavioral tracking and user tracking that might hurt your website. So the study starts with just the core web vitals and everything around PageSpeed Insights. But the idea is once we have like good and bad practice results that we dig deeper into the underlying technologies that these websites are using to get a better understanding about the whys. Why is a page better? Why is a page uh, worse? 
So that's um, yeah. It sounds like you have a, a fair amount of work to do in terms of not only segmenting the analysis that you've already or the data that you've already pulled by industries, but also coming up with some recommendations for how companies in those industries can actually optimize for their specific problems. Marcus, I'd love to bring you back on the podcast once the study is wrapped up to talk about some of your findings. And thanks for coming on the show today to walk us through what you've learned from the initial analysis that you've done. Yeah, thank you, Ben. You're welcome. Uh, Looking forward to talk to you next next time. All right. And that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Marcus Tober, the founder and chief evangelist at Searchmetrics. If you'd like to get in touch with Marcus, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is Marcus Tober. That's M-A-R-C-U-S-T-O-B-E-R. Or you could visit his company's website, which is searchmetrics.com. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, just head over to voicesofsearch.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also send us your topic suggestions or your SEO questions, and you can even apply to be a guest speaker on the Voices of Search podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is Voices of Search on Twitter, and my personal handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed. We're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember the answers are always in the data.